Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another special edition of the Four Year Teams Fire American Soccer Show, USA versus Costa Rica postgame show. And there is a lot to be excited about uh, of this one. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to give out congratulations to Steve Chirundolo, Christine Rampone, Going into the National Soccer Hall of Fame, congratulations to them. All I can say is that for Terundolo, it's been a long time coming for his era being a right fullback during Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, Tim Howard, and Taylor Twelman, that era, because this man was a dominant right fullback during those World Cup qualifying times and at the same time, Gold Cups, and on the World Cup teams itself. 2000, of course, 2010, 2014, 2006, of course, going all the way back there. To me, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-doubter. A first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And all you can say about Chirundolo is that even though he's played all his career in Germany for Hanover 96 in the Bundesliga, the man who is known as the mayor and loved in Hanover, the truth is this man is deserved, deserved place in the National Soccer Hall of Fame in Frisco, Texas. I'm ecstatic. I'm happy. I'm very happy for him. Uh, this is, this, he's been one that has been deserving of getting into the Hall of Fame. And after so many times being left off, not being allowed to come in, not being allowed to do anything after his soccer career, uh, to not be inside the hall, you know what? It finally came. Better late than never, they say, but you know what? I don't care. Thank goodness he went to the Hall of Fame in the 2021 class. Three others are joining him. Uh, Former MLS, DC United, and Metro star Jaime Moreno will be known more as a DC United player. Um, He is in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, Kevin Payne, part of those DC United championship moments. Uh, in the front office as a builder. He's in there as well. Hopefully there'll be a little bit more coming. Would love to see if that's possible. Uh, Once again, we still have players that I feel are deserving of a Hall of Fame place. Shalry Joseph is one. Clint Mathis, I believe, is another so many other players that have played and done well, and yet they're not in the Hall of Fame. So let's hope 
the Hall of Fame and the voting members will start to understand what they need to do to go back and find a way to have some of these players get voted into the Hall of Fame. Because right now, it is a travesty and a shame that some of these players have not been allowed to go in into the Hall of Fame for their hard work and the dedication to their craft and to the sport called football, soccer. Let's hope that happens. Now we go back into the game. Unbelievable match. 4-0 over Costa Rica. Um, You're seeing players getting opportunities in this one, getting chances, and, you know, dominating this match against Costa Rica. Uh, Not a lot of substitutes. Oh, excuse me. Not a lot of substitutes uh, coming off the bench for Costa Rica, of course. They're probably resting up after their participation in the CONCACAF Nations League as well. But let me just say this, and and I have to say this. The players, the majority of them, they're probably not in the final. On a high, came into this one two to three days later, came into this match, into this friendly and absolutely did a job. I felt that this team right now, the way they're constructed currently, has done a great job going forward, and the passing was crisp. The attack was strong and solid. They probably should have had more goals, but you know what? 4-0 is nothing to sneeze at. Great jobs, uh, great moments. The one moment, once again, that I have a negative with, and it's a, it's, a, it's a slight negative, but, you know, once again, this is aimed at Greg Berhalter, and that's in the first half. Building from the back will not allow you to be dominant, will not allow you to be strong against an opponent. You saw Costa Rica's attackers. Excuse me. You saw Costa Rica's attackers pressuring the back line, preventing them from playing and building the ball from the back. And that meant passing the ball back to Ethan Horvath, who really had nothing to do in this one except for that one moment late in the second half on a free kick. Once again, the situation that I have a problem with with Greg Berhalter, and this is for international football. I don't care what you do in club football because – uh, when, when it's a club season, you can tweak and work on things, and you can have an identity as a club player, because you're going to be having matches in and out every single week or every time you play a match twice a week, whenever that happens in the scheduling. And watching them getting pushed back and forced to play the ball back to even to Ethan Horvath, um, that's my only negativity on Greg Berhalter. The national team, and regardless of what many people will say, but in my opinion, the national team is not a club team. 
You cannot bring in your players and have them practice building from the back and then building the attack from the back to the mid to the strikers and then go and attack. No, you, that's impossible. This is not a club side. This is a national team side. If Greg Berhalter is going to continue playing like this, he's going to get burned very badly. And once again, once again, they're going to get burned, and they'll get scored on, and they'll be a counterattack, and then they're going to get bombed in goal. Plain and simple. We cannot play building from the back to create an attacking run or a scoring chance. Cannot do that. Because if you do, you'll get burned. And you cannot play like this, whoever you're playing against, whether it's going to be in the Gold Cup, World Cup qualifying, or the World Cup itself. You're going to lose, and you're going to lose bad. That's my only pet peeve out of this out of this performance. Other than that, great performance. Brendan Aronson, my goodness, what a moment for him. Not only scoring another goal uh, in, a, in a USA jersey, but how about late in the first half? How about that fancy footwork? How about him challenging two defenders, playing keep away with them late in that first half? And then he makes a move, attacks the area, nice pass to DK. DK finding Musa. Unfortunately, uh, Eunice Musa going wide of the near post. But Brendan Aronson, and some of you are wondering, you know, will he place, is there going to be con- any controversy if him and Pulisic are on the same team and Aronson's going to start over Pulisic? And my answer is no, there will be no controversy. There's no controversy whatsoever because the truth is is this. I think if you have Gio Reyna, Aronson, and Pulisic on the pitch at the same time, that's a triple threat. Have Aronson remain wide on the right, put Pulisic wide left, have Gio Reyna central, and then you have Tyler Adams behind those three. And Tyler Adams, we'll get to him in a minute, but all I'm saying is you have him in front of the back line. That, my friends, going to be something special. If I can see Aronson, Pulisic, and Reyna at the same time, that would be amazing. Obviously, we're going to, see, we're going to need Weston McKenney as well. So you can do a 4-2-3-1 if you want, or you can do um, a 3-5-2 if you wish. But the truth is, is this. There is so many options right now for Greg Berhalter on the attack. You know, this, this is an abundance of riches that we haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen this much fun And I'm not going to say anything controversial because there's nothing to be controversial about. If you see Reyna, Pulisic, McKenney, Adams, and Aronson on the pitch at the same time, my God, that's going to be a difficult opportunity for Greg Berhalter for a starting 11. But because when September comes around, and we're going to have three games in in a full week and a half, 
you can afford to sub one of those three into the match. You can. Because you're not going to burn out all the players in these World Cup qualifiers. That's why it's a 23-man roster. That's why you can play one player either two consecutive games and then have him come off the bench on the third, play, start the match in the first game, have him rest in the second game, and then play him back again on the third game. You're going to have three in September, three in October, two in November, two in, two in January, plus one, which will start at the beginning of February. And then you have three in March. So you're going to have in the octagonal 14 match days. Most of it three in one week. With the exception of November being a regular two games. That is something that we are going to see and, you know, obviously win all your home games, try and draw on the road, go in there, go forward. It's amazing. And you know what's also amazing? Daryl DK playing strong as well. You know, I have nothing against him, period. Daryl DK, my friends, is the future striker. His size, his quickness, the speed – and his shooting ability is just unbelievable and off the charts. I mean, I'm telling you right now, he could have had at least a hat trick today if he wanted to. Got his first international goal uh, late in the first half. Very happy about that for him. And just to see him doing well in this match and everyone wanting to see him perform on the international level, Sensational, absolutely sensational in this one. And I really, really thought he did a strong job in this match today. What else can you say about this national team? Well, I'll tell you right now. If you want your thoughts and uh, you want an opinion here on the show, phone line is open, 646-929-1823. Give me a call. I'll have you on the show. Serious questions, serious comments. That's why this is the 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show as we talk about this matchup with the United States and Costa Rica. 4-0 USA over the Ticos at uh, Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, just a few moments outside of Salt Lake City. Um, But once again, this was a great match. I I thought the U.S. played strong. They played well. They played inspired after the big victory on Sunday against Go in the CONCACAF Nations League Championship Final. Great job by USA, and at the same time, coming in big, just making solid runs, solid defense, precision goals. It, it was fantastic to watch. Um, Aronson trailing the play early in the first half in the eighth minute, converting the opening goal, and that's the game winner um, from the DK opportunity course. It got blocked, but then he comes in, trails the play, and he roofs it top shelf. Loving what he has done and what he has shown. I think he's done a great job. Mark McKenzie, of course, both men, former former Philadelphia Union players, 
now playing in Europe, of course, Brendan Aronson with Red Bull Salzburg in the Austrian Bundesliga. What you're seeing from those two is amazing. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. And Mark McKenzie uh, having, I would say, a bounce-back performance after a, a poor start in the Nations League final, but then he came back into that one and did very well after his uh, mistake in the opening moments of that Nations League final against Mexico on Sunday. He came back and did a spectacular job fighting back from that uh, costly error that gave Mexico the lead. But he came back and he had a solid match today and got back into the match on Sunday. Solid match today for Mark McKenzie. Obviously, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to be tough sledding to replace Aaron Long, but you know what? As long as Mark McKenzie... Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me about that. As long as Mark McKenzie has an opportunity... Whoa. excuse me sorry about that as long as Mark McKenzie can learn from his mistakes he'll improve and get better and better and better but definitely you have to say that this young team has swagger has confidence Sorry about that. Wow. I don't know what the heck happened all of a sudden. Hold on. Apologize about that. Don't have a cold or anything. Just something something sneaking into my my studio. Anyway, um, as I was saying, Mark McKenzie, great job at center back. In this one... um, Worked his way back in the Nations League final on Sunday. And Mark McKenzie right now, definitely a hopeful. Uh, when Aaron Long does come back from his injury, that these two could be uh, pairing each other up. Or it could be uh, John Brooks and Mark McKenzie. To have a four-man back line instead of a five. But we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. Big tournament, of course, coming up in July. CONCACAF Gold Cup. I would like to see McKenzie in that one. We'll see what happens. But Greg Berhalter has some decisions to make, and we'll see what happens. (coughs) Oh, my God. So there's plenty of time left here, of course, when we get to September. But right now, right now, Happy with his performance. Reggie Cannon, solid at right back. And let's be honest, to go from a great right back from Steve Terundolo, I think Reggie Cannon can surpass as the next great right back for this men's national team. I thought it was solid. He brought the ball up strongly. Uh, made some solid passes, put himself in position to convert chances, scoring goals. Believe that Reggie Cannon, and hopefully he'll get back 
with another club or being on the same club in Portugal he was on before. But, you know, once again, Reggie Cannon, what he has done, of course, going from FC Dallas and MLS into Portugal, now being on the national team, he's really improved. He's really been strong. He's been playing great. To me, he is our permanent right back at this moment in time. Love seeing Reggie Cannon. Tyler Adams. I don't have to say anything about Tyler Adams because you want to know why? Because I knew he had this in him. Coming out of the Red Bull, the New York Red Bull Academy, winning a title for Red Bulls 2 and USL Championship, playing with New York Red Bull senior side in MLS, almost got an Open Cup title, almost got to a final in the CONCACAF Champions League, scoring a quarterfinal goal in the CONCACAF Champions League and in the UEFA Champions League two years ago. Last year, I should say. Tyler Adams, I know he's had some injury issues at the moment, but you know what? When he's healthy and when he's right, Tyler Adams, as all of you have seen, all of you have seen, Tyler Adams is the box-to-box midfielder that will push our national team forward. Tyler Adams right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he is the most needed player in that position for a very, very long time. He can score goals. He can defend goals. He can create solid challenges. Tyler Adams, ladies and gentlemen, is the future for the national team without a doubt. And I want to say something to those of you who are U.S. men's national team fans, but you don't care about MLS because you think everyone in Major League Soccer stinks. Where did most of these players come from? With the exception of Pulisic and Reyna, where did some of these players start? Where did they go? How did they start their career? What do you need to know about where some of these players got started? Simple. MLS. See, this is where some of you are not understanding and are not paying attention. You may not like Major League Soccer. You don't like how they're set up. You don't like how they are being, I guess, portrayed. You don't like that they are not doing things the way that Europe does and everything and the whole world does and the whole promotion relegation and everything, and I understand that. But once again, MLS is not the U.S. Soccer Federation. If the U.S. Soccer Federation would change it up and have it the way it's done all over the world, then yes. Yes, we would all be the same way, but we're not. More has to be done. And your impatience of it is the reason why no one's going to listen to you. 
You're, no one's going to listen to you. No one's going to give a damn about what you say. But I'm telling you right now, telling you right now, there is more work to be done. There is a process here. Progress will happen. If you show some patience, we will get there. But until then, we have a league. Just be happy we got players. But no, no. Problems are you still think anyone that comes out of an academy in Major League Soccer is not good enough. How wrong are you? How wrong are you? Because some way, somehow, these players need to, they need to get minutes somewhere. They need minutes somewhere. And if they're not going to get it, being on a European club and, you know, their depth chart says, you know, homegrown, let's say, let's say it's an English club, homegrown English club first, international, in European international is either first or second, American, you're only first and second if you're a damn good keeper and you're a damn good defender or a defensive midfielder. Now they're getting involved with attackers and creative players. Now the tide has turned. Now. Now. We're getting the respect that we deserve for attacking players. That, my friends, is something we should celebrate. So let's quickly go into the starting 11, shall we? Ethan Horvath. I went probably straight to Europe because I've never seen him play in MLS. Tyler Adams, New York Red Bull Academy. Anthony Robinson from England with American father. Brendan Aronson, Philadelphia Union. Tim Ream, University of St. Louis, New York Red Bulls. Mark McKenzie, Philadelphia Union. Sebastian Legit, Los Angeles Galaxy. Reggie Cannon, FC Dallas, Daryl DK, Orlando City, Tim Weah, actually Tim Weah, New York Red Bulls Academy, but plays most of his career in Europe. Yunus Musa, born in the USA, living in England, playing in Spain with Valencia. Let's see this uh, substitutions list. Mm, David Ochoa, Real Salt Lake. Walker Zimmerman, FC Dallas. LAFC, Nashville FC. Gio Reyna, son of Claudio Reyna, went straight into Germany. Weston McKenney went straight into Germany. Michalka, Josh Sargent, also in Germany. Pulisic, Germany, and now England. Jackson Yule, San Jose Earthquakes. DeAndre Yedlin started with the Seattle Sounders, then went to Newcastle, now in Galatasaray in uh, Turkey. Kellen Acosta, FC Dallas. So how many players do you think started their careers with Major League Soccer and then went on to Europe? A lot. You want to trash on MLS, that's fine. I don't care if you disagree with MLS. I don't care if you think MLS is not 
uh, the greatest uh, league in the world. We all know where the great leagues in the world are. We all know about the five major nations that have done well. We all know it's the English, the Germans, the Spaniards, the Italians, the Germans, and now the and the French. They have some great players too. Maybe Ligue 1 is not as strong as the other four, but you know what? If you're going to play in the top five leagues in Europe, once again, England, Germany, Italy, Spain, and France, you're going to get your opportunities. Turkey, yes. Scotland, not so much. Top flight leagues in our region, in CONCACAF, truthfully, Mexico. Because now American players are getting the respect and American players are being asked for down in Mexico. Maybe not as much in the past like was Orlando Donovan, but they are. And there's a spattering of Americans being played in South America. Of course, there was Johnny Walker who played in Peru, former goalkeeper back in the days in the early, uh, late 90s, early 200s, 2000s, I should say, coming to the Metro Stars from Peru. You can easily say, well, I don't believe you, because they only get better if they go to Europe. Which is, I'm not disagreeing with you. But if you want the best players to come from Major League Soccer, and you want those best players to get the opportunity to go and play in Europe, guess where they're going to be playing? Because they've got to play somewhere. Major League Soccer. This is why I keep saying this. And if you don't want to listen, that's fine. You don't have to listen. But if you want reason and you want to know the reality of the situation, if you have a player that has scored 50 goals in a couple of years, who has played strong, passing the ball, setting up the ball, attacking the ball, scoring the ball, defending the ball, they're going to need minutes. Sending them off to Europe without doing a damn thing here does not mean that they will succeed. That will not mean they will succeed. That means they will never get a sniff of the pitch. I understand you're mad about Major League Soccer. I understand you're mad about what U.S. Soccer Federation does enforcing the laws of the game here in this country. But don't come out of nowhere and say, who is this player? I've never heard of this player before. I don't watch MLS. I don't care about MLS. MLS creates bad players. I don't want to watch it. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. If it's not for Major League Soccer, some of these players don't go to Europe. See, this is where you've got to pay attention to these situations. This is where you have to pay attention to watch these players being created, developed in front of your own eyes, in your own stadiums, and then watch them be a part of the national team, and then watch them transfer to Europe 
and be the best of the best and then be part of this national team. Because if you ignore what goes on in MLS, then you are not a real American soccer fan, and I don't care what you say. You need to watch MLS, period. I don't care about, oh, there's no promotional occasion, oh, there's none of this, why are there playoffs, there shouldn't be this. I understand that's the negativity, and I understand that's the knock, and I understand all that. But you should be happy that you have a Division I league in your own backyard that you can see your players doing amazing things on the pitch at either Digny, Digny, Sports, Digny Health Sports Park, Bank of California Stadium, Red Bull Arena, Gillette Stadium, Audi Field, Historic Crew Stadium, soon to go into the new Crew Stadium, TQL Stadium, Allianz Field, Toyota Park, BBVA Compass Stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Explora Stadium, Inter-Miami Park, Rio Tinto Stadium, Earthquake Stadium, Providence Park Stadium, any stadium in Major League Soccer to see the future of our American players have an opportunity to go out, strut their stuff, and hopefully get a call up to the U.S. men's national team and perform at either a friendly, a Gold Cup, World Cup qualifying, and the World Cup itself. And to see them performing on the international stage club-wise one day for the CONCACAF Champions League. Stop denying Major League Soccer. Stop denying that it's a crap league because it's not. Because every single club very soon having their own academy players, having their own USL clubs performing in Championship League or League One, maybe an under-23 side in League Two, and benefiting those players for the minutes that they deserved and earned to become the next player for the international game for the U.S. men's national team. That's what the NWSL does for the women and for the national team, for the women. This is what happens when MLS supplies top players for the U.S. men's national team. There are those that will go straight from an academy straight to Europe. If you're a Christian Pulisic or a Gio Reyna or a Weston McKenney or a Matthew Halpe who has gone straight to Europe without playing a single minute for MLS club, fine. Good for them. Good for them. If you're an MLS player like Mark McKenzie, Brendan Aronson, and Tyler Adams, and you go out and do well for your MLS club, and then scouts from Europe see you and say, you know what, we can insert you right away right now. 
good for them. Because why? It's really simple. Because all I care about is an American player, an American footballer, American soccer player, goes from our shores across the Atlantic Ocean, gets meaningful minutes every single match in, every single match out. You know, we, we need to see what happens... When those magical moments arrive, Daryl DK now is next on the list. Yes, he went to Barnsley on a loan. No, Barnsley's not going to keep him. But someone else in Europe is probably going to contact Orlando City and say, "You know what? We'd like to have uh, Barn. We would like to have Daryl DK on a transfer because we want to see him playing for you, and we want to see him see his tapes." playing for Barnsley. And then if he goes somewhere else, there you go. I mean, Conrad De La Fuente from the Miami area went straight to Barcelona. Did you ever thought that would happen? I didn't think that was going to happen. And it has. Sardinho Dest, born with an American serviceman father and, of course, uh, a Dutch mother and, you know, the Dutch... They didn't want to use him, so we took him. Musa has too many players ahead of him. For, and he want, probably could have played for England, but he was born in the U.S. And if he was born in the United States, then he's an American player. And he wants to be with us. And he got his chance today. Didn't convert, but you know what? I liked his attacking runs. I liked how energetic he was. I liked his positioning. And when he finally scores his first U.S. Men's National Team goal, I'll be happy. But until then, he probably needs a little more work. And that's not a negative. That's just saying he needs probably a little more work and concentrate better on his scoring abilities and his shooting abilities. Other than that, I liked what I saw from Yunus Musa. I think Musa is going to be a great player down the line. But he has to pull his own end now. Horvath coming off that magical penalty kick save off of Andreas Guardado in the Nations League final. Didn't really have much to work with. Probably the only time he was threatened was late in the second half in that long free kick. Other than that, he had nothing, and that's fine. Gets a clean sheet, good for him. I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against him at all. I understand Club Bruges. Uh, he's out of contract with Club Bruges, and hopefully, uh, from his performances, hopefully someone will, uh, in Europe will give him an opportunity. If not, then I say the Colorado Rapids should bring him over. The Denver native, the Colorado State native, should go and play with the Colorado Rapids in goal. We'll have to wait and see. But other than that, other than that, I've enjoyed this run. I enjoyed this run for, oh, excuse me, I shouldn't say it's four, but three consecutive CONCACAF opponents that they defeated 
a little bit good, a little bit bad. This one, great. But at this point in time, all I can say is, is this. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. I enjoyed that match. And now, we're going to have to get ready for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. And Greg Berhalter right now is going to have to make a very difficult decision because this is not going to be your typical international calendar. You will be playing three group stage matches, hopefully three more knockout stage matches. You are going to have to construct, Greg Berhalter, a roster that will have to have either half of your current roster from the Nations League and probably the other half of your roster, some of the players that were probably in this friendly against Costa Rica. Because you're going to have to rest up some of your top players and have them ready for World Cup qualifying when September rolls around and it rolls along. Because you know it, I know it, we all know it, Greg Berhalter, that you're just going to have to create a 23-man roster that is going to be spectacular. And you're going to have to use your roster wisely because four out of the five international match dates in those five months, September, October, November, January, March, and a little bit of February too. Just a little bit, not too much. You're going to have to create a roster that will be strong enough, not just at home, but on the road. That is the most important thing that has to be done right away. You're going to have to mesh a roster that is going to be strong, powerful, full of energy and swagger. And once again, you are going to have to balance it out. And just to go back on World Cup qualifying, we are now officially going to start the second round this coming, this coming Saturday, June 12th. Saturday, June 12th, starts with the first leg of goal aggregate second round qualifying and then on Tuesday the 15th of June it's going to be the second leg in the second round of World Cup qualifying for these six nations and once again just to remind everyone these six nations are St. Kitts and Nevis Haiti Panama El Salvador Curaçao, and Canada. Here is here are the matchups. St. Kitts and Nevis will be hosting El Salvador in the first leg. Haiti will then be hosting Canada in the second leg. 
And Mama will be hosting Curaçao in the third match in that first leg. This is all first leg matches June the 12th. Saturday, June the 15th. Then El Salvador will host St. Kitts and Nevis. Canada will host Haiti. And Curaçao will host Panama. And whoever wins their second round matches will go to the octagonal starting in September. And that, my friends, is when everything will be going down. So once again, I like where the players are. I love their energy. I love their swagger. These players right now are showing themselves that they are ready for the international stage. They're ready to go. They might be in shock when they go on the road for World Cup qualifying in the final round. But now is the thing and the time where our young players have to show that this will be not just playing in the Gold Cup in July. But honestly, once September comes, it's time to put on your big boy pants. And really show the world why we are coming back to qualify for the World Cup and we're going to do it with vengeance. You're not going to win all your games on the road. You have to win all your games at home. But if you can get a draw here and there, you will be able to qualify and take one of the top three spots. So get ready, folks. The summer of soccer is back once again. And the summer of soccer is going to be epic. It's time to get ready. It's time to go forward. It's time to show the world once again. Yeah, we missed Russia. Yeah, that's a blip on our radar. But guess what? When we come back, we're going to be stronger and better. But at the same time, don't overdo it. Play your game. Try and go out and do your best. And that's all I can say about that. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the United States defeating Costa Rica in this international friendly by a final of four goals to nil. Brendan Aronson, Daryl DK, Reggie Cannon, and a penalty converted by Gio Reyna puts the U.S. ahead for nil. And their next major tournament will be the 2021 CONCACAF Gold Cup in July, and then they will move on to World Cup qualifying in the octagonal starting in September of 2021. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me this coming Friday night. We're going to be joining with the uh, CONCACAF podcast kids as we recap the first round of, qual- of World Cup qualifying in the Confederation of CONCACAF and talk about what's going to happen in the second round. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. You have a good evening. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now.